I couldn't explain what was cool about it, but I was really attracted to it. I've been really frustrated by this answer that you've given. Your reputation's kind of on the line. Basically, I need therapy. I'd be in a rock and roll band. Doubt wasn't part of the equation. Hello, and welcome to the Live, Work, Love podcast. This is Jeff and Coral. We are a creative couple living on the central coast of California, exploring life, work, and love. Our first episode about sexting was planned in a matter of... It wasn't planned. It wasn't planned. So we kind of skipped introducing ourselves and what we're doing with this podcast. So for this episode, we decided to write questions and... The other person does not know what they're going to be asked, and we're just going to interview each other. Go. I have to go first? Yes. Okay. Before we begin, I'd like to say that if we sound tired, it's because it's very... It's because it's, we're tired. We're very tired. It's late, but we're determined to get this podcast <laughs> posted in time for International Podcast Day. Coral? <laughs> Jeff? You have a long history of creating content from publishing zines in the 90s to blogging in the early 2000s, and podcasting seems like a natural extension of that. So my question is... My questions are going to be so (laughs) stupid now. (laughs) What the hell? Freaking serious? Yeah. I hate you. (laughs) My questions pale in comparison. It's it's pathetic. (laughs) You're on a whole different interviewing <laughs> level than I am. Should I just ask a different question? Just go ahead, you jerk. <laughs> okay. Podcasting seems like a natural extension of that. So my question is, why do you think you're obsessed with publishing content? Why did it start? I guess that's a couple questions. Yeah, that's a lot. Yeah. Just maybe talk about just talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, first of all, I kind of voraciously collect information, whether that's through books, magazines, blogs, podcasts, audiobooks, TV, movies, music. I just (laughs) have a voracious appetite for information. And I think that once I collect a lot and kind of regurgitate it into something, I really feel like I have to get it out of me somehow. And I think artists feel that way sometimes. You know, with expressing themselves, like you have something inside of you that needs to get out and whichever art form you do or medium you use to do that doesn't really matter. And it's the same thing for me. I have gone through a lot of different forms of expressing myself and ways of putting whatever it was inside of me out. And I don't know, I guess that just seems like something I have to do. I don't necessarily consciously want to do it. (laughs) I just feel like... It's like you build it up and you just have to purge. Yeah, I purge. I think what's interesting about that is the mediums you've chosen suit you because you're so introverted and you pick these things where you can have a voice, but you don't really have to interact with people. That's very true. Like you can publish the zine, print it, and give it to people. And you could write a blog post. Never have to talk to anybody. (laughs) So basically, I need therapy. (laughs) And this is the alternative to that. That's awesome. I never thought of it that way before. I think about the zines a lot because when I felt like I had something to say as a teenager, I really had something to say. And as a teenager, people really don't listen (laughs) to what you say. Yeah. And And in the 90s, it's not like there was a place to say anything anyway. Well, not just in the 90s, but in my town. 
Oh, right. There was no outlet for any kind of expression at all. <laughs> Even just the things that we would wear, I mean... For people that don't know, we should say where you're from. Okay. Or where you grew up. I'm from Kauai, and it's a little island, and you've been in the grocery store there, and it's like, imagine yeah. me in, what, 1994, going in in, like, hush puppy clogs that were spray-painted and ripped up <laughs> thrift store dresses because that's <laughs> what yeah. I wanted to wear, and blue hair. <laughs> I mean, you couldn't get more out of place yeah. if you tried, and... You have to remember this is a culture of wearing flip-flops and bikini yeah. bottoms. And right. And a no, towel. And a towel. Yeah. So or, to be into punk music right. growing up on Kauai, it was just, you're a total black sheep. Well, not just a black sheep, but you're hopeless. There's <laughs> no hope for you. And there's nothing that you can do to really feel satisfied because you're not going to find the music you like. You're not going to find the people that you're after, the things that you want to see and do and hear and read. I mean, we really had to go out of our way to try to get any sort of information, which was the catalyst for the zine because we started reading other girls' zines and sending away for them. I mean, like snail mail requesting, please. You send me your zines. <laughs> That's so awesome. Yeah, and then that turned into our own just out of necessity because it would take three weeks sometimes to get something in the mail. Yeah. So we had to do it ourselves. <laughs> so they have a long history of DIY. Oh my god. I wish I didn't. <laughs> so stupid. <laughs> a blessing and a curse. Yeah. We could talk about that for a, a whole time. hour. Mm -hmm. I'm going to go through my so dumb questions now. Encompassing circumstances, events, situations, what have been the things in your life that have molded you into okay. who and what you are right now? Skateboarding was probably the first thing that I did that was kind of against things that other kids were doing at the time. Skateboarding was an awesome discovery for me growing up because it exposed me to really cool artwork at an early age. And at the time I couldn't explain what was cool about it, but I was really attracted to it. There's something about skateboarding that is very individual and nobody can help you with it. Very it's singular. It's very singular, but you're doing it with a lot of friends, but you're all kind of on your own People encourage you, but if you land a trick, it's because you worked really hard to do it. Probably the first thing I discovered that explained who I was. Does that make sense? Maybe to you. <laughs> I guess, oh, here's the word I'm looking for. It was the first thing that gave me an identity. I was a skateboarder, and that definitely shaped me and shaped the artwork that I make, and I'm still making that similar kind of artwork, I don't know, 25 years later. So... The one thing. The one thing is skateboarding. <laughs> okay. <laughs> There's another one. <laughs> well, my dad was always an entrepreneur and business owner, and he was always the kind of guy that can just fix anything. So if the car was broken, he'd take it apart and fix it. If the dishwasher was broken, he'd take it apart and fix it. So I just grew up around that mentality. So that definitely shaped me because I tried to fix things on my own. And it definitely helped when I decided to open up an art gallery. And I didn't realize how business savvy I was until I did that. It shaped me into who I am today. Okay. Why start a podcast and what would you like to accomplish with it? Ugh, I hate that question. <laughs> okay, well, the name of the podcast is Live, Work, Love. Mm -hmm. So with that theme in mind, I mean, you could start a podcast about anything. So why did you choose this well, theme? I love podcasts and I listen to a lot of them and I've been really interested in doing it for the last two years and 
the concept for Live Work Love wasn't necessarily a podcast idea, it was a book idea. And I'm very interested in the idea of Live Work, and we've done that for years. And not just working from home, but actually running a business out of our home. And those are two different things, and we've done both. But I... (laughs) I went to the dentist... (laughs) Oh yeah. <laughs> and the nurse and I got to talking and she told me that her husband was the dentist and I told her about you and what you do and what I do and her first question was do people ask you how you do it and like how you can tolerate each other living and working together all the time and Oh yeah. I said no not really but that's mostly because I don't get out much. <laughs> But I guess I have had that question a few times just from people that know we spend a lot of time together. Right. And they're like, how do you do that? And (laughs) I said, do you get that question a lot? And she said, oh my gosh, every day, all the time. Really? Yeah. Because... Patients asking them? Patients asking. As soon as they find out that they're married, they're like, how do you do this? And she said, he's my best friend. We want to spend time together. And I mean, it sounds kind of cheesy, but she said, I can't get enough and he can't get enough. And <laughs> like that's why we're together. That's awesome. Yeah. We're I like, guess... That sounds like us. It does sound sort of like us. It's embarrassing to say that. But I had been thinking about the live work concept for a long time. And then when she talked to me about living and working together, but also really loving each other and wanting to be together, then it just clicked in my head and it was sort of an extension of the live work idea and live work love. That's awesome. I like it. Did I answer that question? (laughs) Yeah, I think so. If not, whatever you said was good. Well, it just made me think that for people who don't do it and who are asking, how do you do that? It's kind of a wild concept to want to be with your spouse all the time living together, working together, you know, bouncing ideas off of each other and brainstorming together and all of those things. And I feel like for me, I can't really imagine not being in this situation with you because I feed off of you a lot. And even if I'm kind of on the polar end of the spectrum, like if you're having a really, you're a morning person, I'm not a morning person at all, but I feel like your enthusiasm in the morning kind of motivates me to (laughs) get going. And it's like that when I'm not feeling very inspired, too, because whether you're inspired or not, you still paint. So that motivates me to still do stuff, and it's helpful. I feel the same way. So I thought maybe people might be interested in that dynamic. Yeah, it's interesting. One of the questions I wrote kind of touched on that, which was, there's some couples that look forward to going to work to get away from their partner. Yeah. And then how is it possible we haven't killed each other yet? (laughs) I don't know. <laughs> I don't know either. Just haven't. No. I think we do a good job of giving each other space when we need it. And I think if anybody wanted to do what we're doing, there's almost a template to follow, but everybody's personality is so different. Yeah. It makes it tricky. But last night I was out painting until... Five? Yeah. Something crazy. And you didn't call and text and say to come home and... <laughs> <laughs> I was asleep. <laughs> yeah, but sometimes you do that. And sometimes you don't. Well, if I wake up at four in the morning and you're still not home, then I'll send a text and be like, what's happening? (laughs) (laughs) But I still get my other house duties done. Not like those people that say they're an alcoholic, but they're a functioning alcoholic. (laughs) (laughs) And a functioning workaholic. 
Yeah, you are. Yeah. My turn? Sure. Okay. The best and worst aspect of what you do. The best aspect is doing something that I love and enjoy and brings pleasure to me. The worst aspect is there's no guaranteed paycheck being a full-time artist. Although having a store now, that's kind of changed things because we have merchandise to sell and I'm not solely living off selling my artwork. Yeah. That gets tricky. <laughs> you have to pray that everyone that walks in the door appreciates your style of artwork yeah. and has the same taste. <laughs> yeah, that's scary. Yeah. Full-time artist is pretty scary. Okay, I have an addendum to that question. It should have come first, but how do you describe your work? That question? Mm -hmm. It's just a basic question that I think needs to be answered. Like if someone says, what do you do for a living? How do you answer that? Oh, I say I'm a pimp. Oh, God. <laughs> no? No, you don't. I don't. Well, I think about it. Okay. Well, what do you think I should say about it? I can't answer that question for you. The best way to describe my art is just to look at it, I think. <laughs> So, Jeffrey, go on stop. Instagram. Go to Instagram. No. And look up Jeff Clausen. Okay. Are you going to ask another one or am I? If you weren't an artist, what would you be doing? I would be in a rock and roll band. <laughs> a hair band. <laughs> I feel like I'd always be doing something creative. I'd probably be writing a book or something, or several books. Okay. But if I wasn't doing something in a creative field, I'd probably want to do something with psychology. Okay. That makes sense to me. I feel like that's the real answer. <laughs> <laughs> I love writing, though. I know you do. My turn? Earlier today, I was working on a painting, and you laughed at me and said, look at you being an artist. <laughs> what did you mean by that? <laughs> I don't like this. <laughs> I meant that... I don't know. It's amusing to me to see you all into it and painty and <laughs> it's just funny because it's not a generic thing to be or do with your life. And I think that's kind of funny. If you were a musician, I'd be like, look at you in this band. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's pretty cool that I can dress the same way that I did in 1995. Is it? Yeah. Jeans and t-shirt. Yeah. <laughs> I don't have to dress any different for work. I'm so glad I'm not dressing I dressed in 1995. I'm glad also. I'm glad I get to, but I'm glad you're not doing it. Rude. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'd love um, to see you walk into work with blue hair and torn <laughs> jeans and orange etnies or something. I was not wearing etnies. You don't wear etnies? No. Sorry. Docs? Doc Martens? I had some Docs. I wore some Vans. Okay. <laughs> Alright. Your turn. Oh. Okay. Does your public persona represent who you really are? I feel like you can answer that better for me than I could, but I try to, well, make, I try to make it the same. In your opinion. In my opinion? You try to make it the same. <laughs> I guess. I don't feel like I'm putting anything fake out there, but there's things that you just don't put out there. Like if I'm writing a blog post, I want it to be funny and that sort of thing. And I'm not going to write about episode of depression or something that I'm dealing with. You deal with depression? Sometimes. Yeah, for like an hour. <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't count. Well, I don't put that out there. <laughs> okay. On other social media things, I try to keep it fun and lighthearted. You're a pretty lighthearted person. So it's probably pretty close to the same. 
That's kind of a question I want to ask every single person that I encounter. Oh, right. <laughs> it's just like a standard. Instead of, hi, how are you? I want to say, like, hi, who are you really? <laughs> yeah, it'd be awesome. But in your case, I think they're pretty well aligned. Yeah. Yeah, there's not a lot of behind the scenes. I probably say more perverted things when it's just you and I around than I put out there in public. Mm, yeah, but that's probably everyone. <laughs> yeah. Probably. <laughs> and I usually only post artwork stuff on Instagram. Yeah. I don't really do too many personal things on it. Yeah, that's Just pretty true. Trying to hustle my artwork. I know. You're such a hustler. Back Maybe to... you are a pimp. <laughs> <laughs> You're pimping out the artwork. That's right. I wasn't joking. <laughs> to get back to the live, work, love theme. One thing I think is interesting that we've done is we've, since I'm such a night owl, you came up with the idea to make designated nights where we go to bed at the same time. You say night owl and I say <laughs> you, you're like nocturnal. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I think that if you had your way, you would sleep half the day and be up all night. Oh, totally. I yeah. totally do that. Yeah. And I think I did do that before. Yeah. Yeah. My first store was, we opened at noon. Exactly. So I could sleep in until 11. Yeah. 11.50. Or 11.50, yeah. <laughs> no, so, I think that so, you really do have insomnia. I think that you have some sort of sleep disorder. I think that making the designated nights when we have to go to bed at the same time was as much about my relationship health as it was about your actual health. <laughs> <laughs> and... I, That's funny. Because I could see you deteriorate throughout the week. Oh, yeah. And, I mean, completely deteriorate in every way. You started to look really, like, gaunt and pale, and you got really grumpy, and you weren't thinking as clearly, and you weren't as focused, and you weren't as efficient at anything that you did. Then you would sort of sleep for 14 hours or something crazy, and nap a bunch of times, and just fall asleep at weird times. <laughs> and kind of regenerate your energy and I just couldn't deal with that anymore. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think it's awesome that you came up with that idea. It's worked out really well for us. It has. It's been five years now <laughs> that we've been doing that. Has it really? Yeah. Wow, that's, I had no idea. I just think it's neat to come up with ideas like that for couples that, I mean, you would feel super neglected if you went to bed alone every night. I cannot handle going to bed alone every night. That's yeah. a huge thing for me. And even two nights a week, I sometimes resent you for that, but it's better than how it was. Our tagline says something about creative couples making it work. That's definitely a making it work yeah. aspect of the relationship, yeah. I feel that lately in the last maybe six months, sometimes there's bonus nights. You've been saying that since we first started doing this? Yeah. And you're really into bringing up the bonus nights. <laughs> Every time this comes up, or I get cranky about two nights a week, you love to throw in these bonus nights. Yeah. Yeah. But over years of being together, <laughs> these so-called bonus nights, they don't add up to a lot. Oh, alright. Okay, I have a question. It's a little bit off. Off topic? No, it's not off topic. So you've been asked over the years about what inspires your paintings. And I've been really frustrated by this answer that you've given, which was, I'm spontaneous and I don't plan and it just comes in. I really want to know <laughs> what's going on. And you seek meaning in everything. So 
it's not just that. I think that there's so much more going on in the paintings than even you'll admit to or that you can see. And it's almost like a Rorschach test where not everyone sees the same thing, but a lot of times it's really obvious. And I think sometimes you just don't want to go there with the paintings, but if you're being totally honest, you really think that there's no deeper meaning to any of these? Not a conscious one that I put into it. No, it doesn't have to be a conscious one that you put into it. Oh, then yeah, there's definitely okay. more to it. Okay. <laughs> Good. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Without a doubt. <laughs> so it's been just eating at you for years? <laughs> <laughs> Makes me so angry. <laughs> really funny. There are some specific paintings where I think you can kind of see like what was going on at that time. Even just between you and I, there's stuff. Oh, right. And I think it's kind of funny how transparent that medium can be. Yeah, it's really interesting. It's crazy. My turn? Mm-hmm. Why choose what we do over an eight to five office job? And would you encourage others to follow a similar path? But I'm gonna add a little to that because there was a time when we did not have a store and we were both literally working from home. I was making artwork for galleries and selling online and you were doing freelance photography and making marketing materials for people. So why that over an eight to five job? And would you encourage that to okay. other people? Well, I think just like your dad being an entrepreneur sort of shaped your idea of what you were capable of doing. I feel the same way about my upbringing and seeing my parents pursue a bunch of different paths in terms of businesses that they would start or run or, you know, they were successful in some and some were kind of flops, but it never occurred to me that you don't try to do those things. It really never occurred to me that like watching them make these attempts, even if it was my mother with some weird little, I mean, you know my mother, she's <laughs> <laughs> like some weird little interest that she had would snowball from an idea and an interest or a hobby into a full-fledged, completely branded little company. Right. And that was just on the side of what she was already doing. And she did things like that repeatedly. <laughs> <laughs> so I opened a store when I was 21 and... You were how old when you opened the gallery? 26, I think. Yeah. Even in college, I tried to rent a commercial space just to do really? something. Yeah. And they wouldn't rent to me because I was like, I don't know, 19 years old and wow. they didn't want to take the chance on a commercial space with me. And I got the same sort of response over and over again. And eventually I just sort of gave up on that idea. But that was my first instinct instead of, oh, I'll go work at this business or I'll, you know, oh, right. get a, a temp job or I'll do this part-time or full-time or whatever. My first instinct was, okay, where are the commercial spaces available? <laughs> <laughs> and how can I get a good one? That's really and funny. it wasn't even, I mean, I wasn't even 100% sure what I wanted to do with it. And I think that's probably why these landlords were not going to take oh, right. a chance on me. I did not have no you know, a set plan. business plan. I did not have any references or... <laughs> That's credentials hilarious. yeah i had just this sort of build it and it, they will come kind of thing like as long as i get in the space i'm gonna make it awesome exactly and i'm going to have an outlet and i'll figure it out yeah and i am 200 percent certain that <laughs> if someone had let me have a commercial space at 19 it would have been just fine thankfully two years later i had my first commercial space and it was just fine 
That was something that was instilled in me, I mean, in my bones. I I knew that you didn't have to work a nine-to-five job and you didn't have to sit behind a desk and type, 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 type because there were infinite possibilities. And I watched my mother create business cards and, you know, marketing materials and product packaging and hang tags and so many crazy things. It was very hardwired in me that that's what you do. And I didn't know any different. So I guess that's why. And would I recommend that to other people? (laughs) My first thought is like, absolutely, because (laughs) I'm thinking about my children. And if they asked me for advice, would I say, oh, you know, follow this very straight and narrow path and make sure that you have a very nine to five job and you have 40 hours a week and you have a guaranteed paycheck. I want them to have a paycheck. Don't get me wrong, but I also want them to feel like I felt at 19, which was I can do anything, absolutely anything, and I'm going to be so good at it. And doubt wasn't part of the equation, and it still kind of isn't, which is a little bit (laughs) scary because I get an idea and I... I'm like a pit bull with it. I mean, once I have sort of worked it out in my head and worked through it and every possibility, which I don't articulate ideas until I've done that, then I've sort of convinced myself, okay, that's not worth pursuing or that's the only trajectory right now. And it has to happen. Whether it's painting the bathroom or starting a business, it doesn't matter. I kind of believe that it has to happen. And there's no room for... Oh, yeah. I've been a victim of it for years. Yeah. Yeah, you're definitely a victim of that. Come home when the kitchen's half painted. Yeah. Like, what? You didn't even mention it to me. Yeah. But in your head, you'd probably been thinking about it for a month. Right. And then just went and bought paint and started. And then I come home and... Yeah. Surprise! Yeah. That's pretty funny. It's pretty crazy. I just accept it now. <laughs> You have stuff like that, too. Yeah, but I I talk about all kinds of ideas that I don't do. Our kids are probably so hopeless. I mean, (laughs) between the two of us. Oh, gosh. They're either going to be tenacious to the point of amazing or ridiculous and just so annoying to someone in the future. Yeah, I think that their perception is just really skewed. I feel like my perception was skewed and yours was probably skewed by your your dad being an entrepreneur, so... Yeah, but my mom had a regular job. Yeah. So I saw both aspects. I have a question. Can I cut you off? Mm-hmm. If somebody that's been following you on Instagram and read your blog back in the day, if they came up to you and said, wow, I love what you've done. How do I do it? Should I do it? What would you tell them? Well, it would be very off-putting for me <laughs> to have someone <laughs> approach me and ask me that question. Yeah. And what would I tell them? It's really hard for me to separate myself from the anxiety <laughs> that I get when someone <laughs> talks to me. Oh, right. So I probably wouldn't actually answer them the way that I would hope I would. I might say something like, yeah, you should definitely do that. Or, I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) They're all, oh. I think what's awesome about it is that we have the freedom to, well, we have had the freedom to go to assemblies when the kids get an award and stay home with sick people, you know, when they need nursing and spend a lot of time together also because we were both sort of on the same non-schedule but for me the worst part of it has been the same thing that I watched my parents go through which was so sad and so 
hard as a kid and that was that there was no clocking out and I've said that before I mean when you don't have a regimented schedule and you're going off to an office or a store or whatever it is you do for a living you don't clock in and out and you're literally working in between every meal and working after you know you should have already been in bed there's been nights where I didn't actually finish what needed to get done. I mean, let's say there's a mass email that needs to be sent out at 7 a.m. and it was, for whatever reason, a crazy night. I could sit there till 3.30 in the morning and it still has to get done and I'm exhausted and a zombie trying to do it, but that's my job and it has to happen. And just because we had people over or we had extenuating circumstances with the children, it didn't change the fact that that was a deadline and it needed to be met. That's the trade-off for being able to go to the assemblies and do what you want to do when you want to do it. You still have to meet the demands and there's no one hovering over you checking to make sure that you're doing a good job. It's really just who's going to be hardest on you. Obviously for me it's me (laughs) because my standards are really high and there's no way that I would let, I don't know. Well your reputation's kind of on the line. Yeah your reputation's on the line. You can't miss the deadline. No, you, it's not just about the deadline, it's about the quality of the work. And if you're a exhausted mom at three in the morning still trying to get something done, it's like tough. <laughs> <laughs> it can't be half-hearted and it can't be shoddy work. It has to meet your expectations. And my expectations for myself are really high. So that's tough, I think, when you don't have so it's not for everybody. a regular job. Yeah, that's Some that's people hard. aren't good self-motivators. So right. if that's the case, it's don't do this. Yeah. Don't go into business for yourself. Yeah, but... Well, I've definitely encouraged artists <clears throat> to quit their day jobs <laughs> and pursue <laughs> I know their art. You have. <laughs> and some have, and some it works for a little while, and some I guess it doesn't, but yeah. I think in the end, at least they tried it and found out for themselves. Otherwise, they might always be wondering, which was kind of my philosophy when I saw a for rent sign and thought, I'm going to make that an art gallery right the rent was super affordable and I thought I could risk losing that much rent just to find out if I can make a living at this I definitely think that finding out is a mentality and it's something that not everybody has the need to do but I love the idea of not regretting that you didn't try yeah me too I mean I couldn't possibly live with myself if I had these you know inspired ideas and I didn't give them their due credit Yeah. And see them through. That's no way to live. No, not at all. I also would never ask someone's opinion about that. I I can't really put myself in those shoes because I've never been in them. And I've never second-guessed, oh, should I do this or should I not? And I'm not big on asking anyone's (laughs) opinion anyway. (laughs) Right. But definitely not with really big life-changing things like that. I either have to know without a shadow of a doubt or not say it out loud. I don't want someone <laughs> to hold me accountable. Oh, right. Same here. <laughs> well, there's this quote, I forget who said it, but I really liked it, and it was kind of my mantra for a while, and it was, it's good to tell people what you're doing, but show them first. Right. And once I discovered that, I kept a lot of things to myself, even little things. I mean, I wouldn't even say things like, oh, I'm going to go see that movie later. Because... When was this? Because I don't feel like you keep things to yourself. Because it's you. I don't have to. Okay. I was probably 18 or 19, but it made a lot of sense because here people say things like, oh, I'm going to New York. Right. You know, next month and they would never go and maybe something bad happened and they couldn't, but yeah. from an outsider's perspective, it just looked like, eh, I'm kind of a talker. 
<laughs> you know? That's terrible. It is terrible. But I didn't want to be that, so. Yeah. I mean, I'd be super embarrassed if we were all, yeah, we're going to open a store and then have it not happen. Right. I'd be embarrassed. Yeah. All right. All right. So we're going to wrap this up. <laughs> Did we actually <laughs> explain anything? I hope so. I hope so, too. So is part of the goal for the podcast to interview people in the same situation as we are? I mean, not just for the podcast, but genuinely for myself. I want to talk to like-minded people and people that are sort of in similar situations. And I just, you're sort of a product of your own environment, obviously. And I think especially in our relationship, since we've been together for a long time now, I have a hard time realizing that not everybody is in this situation. Oh, right. Yeah, I forget that a lot. So when the nurse said to me, do you get asked how you do it? Because she gets that question several times a day. Right. I realized, oh yeah, that's the general consensus. It's like, <laughs> <laughs> this isn't normal. Oh, right. So yeah, I'm really interested in talking to other couples in this situation and especially in a creative field because you do sort of bounce ideas off of each other and you're inspired by each other and it produces something tangible whether it's artwork music photographs or clothing or whatever your art form is i mean that's something that it's a physical outcome of a relationship sometimes yeah. that you have with someone and a situation that you're in and i think that's so fascinating there's so many projects that I wouldn't have done or wouldn't have pursued if I hadn't been encouraged and inspired by our situation. And I think... Oh yeah, same here. I hope that other people can maybe <laughs> elaborate on how yeah. that works. This concludes our Who, What, Why episode. And although it was pretty self-involved, we hope it gives you a good idea of who we are and where we're coming from. We plan to interview other creative couples and hope you can tune in for those. And if you have any questions, the best place to contact us is on our Instagram, which is at Viva Paso. Thanks for tuning in.